Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Top Five Comics Podcast. People talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the Master Disaster, Josh45. What's up? And CBS. As a precursor to everything. Uh, see, so today we're doing the episode number 155. And as far as like books, so because it's basically Christmas time for this episode, and last year we did this, so I guess we'll do this this year too. Uh, we're going to go through and do the uh, DC's Very Merry Multiverse, which is the DC uh, Christmas uh, book for this year. It wasn't a multiverse book last year, was it? No. Last year was was New Year's Evil. Ah, right, right. So, like, titling-wise, it changes title. Um, But as far as, like, flavor, it's the holiday book. I think two years, a year before that, it was uh, Nuclear Winter, I think is what it was called. I don't totally remember that. It had a cool cover. Um, But I think it was Nuclear Winter, like, two years ago. So, it's not the same titling, but... It's still the 80-page giant in an anthology kind of book, so, you know, a bunch of short stories. Um, as far as news, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened last week. If you want to hear new stuff, I guess go back and listen to the last episode. No? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> I mean, unless you have something new, 45. No, there's a lot of news, but you did you covered it all in the well, Disney release extravaganza. Such a crazy bunch of nonsense. I mean, there's more stuff about that that's come out, but as a thing, it's all... A lot of it is very uh, vague. I think it's vague because they were... The whole meeting is not like an announcement meeting, really. It's the investors meeting. So they put that thing together to raise money for the company. So... Because like half of the stuff we knew about, half of the stuff we never even heard of, and half of it, the brief description doesn't really tell you anything, but sounds awesome. So... So, I mean, there's that. But yeah, we read, ran through some of it in the last episode in the in the news part at the beginning, so... I don't have anything else really new-new. I mean, DC's going to be doing Future State here in January. We get the last issue of Death Metal on the 5th of June... Or no, 5th of January. Marvel did start a couple new things, but I think I'll put that in the books to watch, so... As far as uh, that's concerned, I don't really have a whole lot more new stuff. So, I guess we just get right into the book... Sound like a good thing? Sure. Merry Christmas, everybody, right? Okay, so this is DC's Very Merry Multiverse. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. And uh, it opens up the first story. is called Harley Quinn. Well, it's Harley Quinn in It's a Horrible Life is the actual title. This is written by Paul Shear and Nick Giovanetti uh, with art by Steve Lieber. And, like, story-wise, we first open up with Harley Quinn, and she's, uh, what looks to be in a graveyard. And she's like, it just isn't the same. And, like, she's, uh, if we flash from there to a scene where she's at home, and she's talking to her, her, her buddy, the, uh, the, the old Cyclops from the, her previous series. And, uh, she's sad because he can't come visit because the Scarecrow's fear virus has got the whole city locked down. So, she's stuck alone, and that makes her sad. And we get, like, over-monologue how Christmas used to be your favorite time of year, and now it feels all the same, and there's nothing she can do. And then we cut from there to her talking to Commissioner Gordon, who's tied up. 
and gagged. And she's like, don't you understand? It doesn't bring me any joy. And we cut from there to an outside shot on top of a high-rise building uh, with a big tree beneath it. So think uh, Rockefeller Center style. And she's up there. Oh, this is the only option I really have. It's it's the end of, end of the line for me. So she's decided she's going to throw herself off the building is what she's going to do. And uh, about the time she's getting ready to fling herself off the top, we hear another voice from behind her. It's like, oh, no, that's not how you do it. And she turns around and looks and sees this little short dude in a, I don't know, like a winter... I don't know, kind of, it's not Russian, but like a, I don't know, a winter hat with flaps on the side, running in his uh, green jacket, and uh, he runs past her, he's like, Merry Christmas, Gotham, and he dives off the top of the building, impaling himself on top of the Christmas tree, splattering blood all over the people at the bottom. And we get this close-up of this kid, and he's like, was that Santa? As his mom looks on in horror. And we're back at the top of the building, Harlequin's like, uh... Okay, I'm confused now. And the uh, we see right behind her is the little man. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I'm, I'm here as your guardian angel. She's like, oh, hang on. I've seen this movie. Usually I get to the part where he throws himself off the bridge and I turn it off because that's the only way I can respect the sap. And so if you've seen it's a it's a uh, oh, gosh, what's the life one with Jimmy Stewart? It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. The old man is supposed to be Clarence, the 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 guy mm-hmm. behind her with the hat. So I mean, that's what he is drawn like too. And uh, he basically tells her that he's the angel of the multiverse, and that he's different than the movie because he's you know a multiverse angel. He's gonna show her all the reasons that she has to live by taking her through the multiverse. And she's like, oh, well, I guess that's kind of interesting. Let's see where we go. And so she agrees to go with him. From there, we cut to Earth forty two. And Earth-42 is a world of littles, so very tiny versions of everybody. And while they're there, she's like, oh, everything's so small. And she picks up this dumpster and opens the top, and inside's Bane. She's like, oh, he's really cute when he's small. He's like, I may be small, but I'll still break you. All Bane style, you know? And uh, from there, she's like, are you hiding in here? And he's like, Bane doesn't hide. And then we cut to the side and we see a Blackest Night Superman and a Blackest Night Batman. And the Batman's like, oh, this is so huge, so we'll feast for days. And uh, from there, we see this giant like yell- white lantern-style yellowy-white hammer smash the both of them. And we turn to find Harley Quinn as a white lantern. She's like, uh, this is where I became a good guy. And he's like, well, you helped Batman turn the, help Green Lantern turn the tide against the Black, the Black Lanterns. And then, uh, little Harley Quinn picks up Bane and is like, you need to come with me, Bane, so we can keep you safe. And he's like, I'll still break you as they fly away. And she's like, I don't know. If I'm a good guy, I don't really know if that makes me happy or not. And he's like, well, yeah, let's try another world. And like, so just like Clarence, he's, uh, he's an angel trying to get his wings and, not the best at what he does, uh, but he tells her, well, "Let's go. To, we're going to we're going to another world where you're not a good guy." And so we go to Earth fifty. In Earth fifty, uh, he talks about how the Justice Lords are basically tyrants and rule over the world. So this is the world of the Justice Lords. It's not Earth three. It's Earth. It's Earth fifty, and Justice Lords are basically bad super, well, bad Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Anyway, so he tells her, oh, let's just sit down here on this park bench and we'll wait for a minute. And there's this giant, like, picture of Batman on this side of this building. And as they're sitting there, she gets, she asks him, what's your name? He's like, hmm, that's weird. No one ever answers my name. He's like, well, 
my name is uh, Lama, Lama. It's L-A-Y-M-A. He said, I, I was a triple when I was alive. And then he pulled off his hat and he's got the haircut from Jan and Jace, the Wonder Twins. So he was the triplet of the Wonder Twins, apparently. But he never had powers. So the two of them sort of left him behind. And he always felt bad. They were, he, they were separated at birth. He never had he never had powers. And he, he never went and met them, but he he wanted to and then decided not to and then he died alone. So he's sad. That's why he's an angel trying to fix things so he can, you know, repair the hole in his own heart. But yeah, he's got their haircut, which is kind of weird on an old man. Anyhow, was, Harley tells him, oh, you should really go and patch things up with your, your your twins. I mean, that's a hole you shouldn't leave. And he's like, oh, you gotta quit Angel and me. And about that time, we see on the Batman picture up on the wall, a repelling Joker and Harley Quinn. And the two of them are tagging the painting, of course. Joker gives Batman a mustache and a pair of horns. And Harley's going farther down the waist. And she looks up and she's like, oh, it's too bad I'm with the Joker. And then uh, she's like, hang on, is she drawing a... Because she's gone down to the nether region. And he's like, oh, yeah. She's like, well, maybe we can pick a place that the Joker is not... That I'm not connected to the Joker. Because in current re- reality, she's not... The two of them are not a thing and she hates him. He's like, oh, well, let me try again. And so from there, we go to Earth 45. And we are in Jokerville. And she's like, ah, you remember when I told you no Joker? He's like, oh, well, no, that, that's 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 part of this particular world. And while they're like, walking around this place where the Jokers thrived, he explains to her that without you, the Jokers basically want to be unstoppable, and so he rules everything. So that makes her kind of feel better that she stopped the Joker from being what he is. I mean, at this point, Harley Quinn's basically an anti-hero, so she does like that idea. And she winds up seeing um seeing Psy, which is the old man with the robot eye, the, the guy with no legs that drives around the wheelchair, the friend that couldn't visit her. And she runs up to him all like, oh, it's so good to see you. And he's like, ah, get away from me, you creepy lady. And uh, the angel tells her, oh, he doesn't know you here. Like, nobody, nobody knows you're here. You, you don't exist in this reality. You were never born. She's like, you're not really doing very good with, like, bringing back my expectations. Because I want to be where I'm the biggest villain in the world. Because that's the reality I want to see. And so we cut to Earth-33, Huntington Beach. And we have a... Uh, pantsuit-dressed blonde lady adjusting a sign on top of a reality board outside of a house who's singing a song to herself um, how good she feels, how good her hair looks, and uh, drinking a pumpkin coffee. She's a realtor in Huntington Beach. And Harley Cohen's like, oh my god, this is the worst thing I could ever be. I think you finally showed me a reason for living to not be this. Because a realtor in Huntington Beach as a like put together proper housewife type um is the worst possible thing she could ever be and so she's happy to be back to her regular life and tells him oh i'm I'm so glad that you showed me you know how terrible things could possibly be she returns to earth zero she thanks him for all his hard work and tells him he was the best angel ever and that she hopes he gets his wings and then she uh decides she's gonna go spread spread cheer to everyone and uh Leaves him alone, and off she goes, singing to herself and talking about how much she loves loves everybody. And she's like, hi, mugger. Hi, homeless Santa. And then from there, she goes back to uh, Barbara and uh, Jim, who are both still tied up, I assume, in Jim's house next to the Christmas tree. 
She's like, oh, you thought I was going to come back, huh, Kamish? Well, I'm here to spread happiness and joy. And she goes, I got you guys presents. And she pulls out a short knife for Jim. And then she has a baseball bat for Barbara. And then she just sits down between the two of them and, like, hugs them both. And she's like, this is going to be the happiest Christmas ever. In a broken, kind of weird way. Because they're both still gagged and tied up. So, uh, (laughs) as far as the thing, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a wonderful life. Uh, We cut from there to Washington, D.C. on Christmas Day. And our would-be Clarence has decided he's going to go finally see Jan and Jace, his wonder twins. And so as he's walking up to the door on the Hall of Justice, he uh, is imagining what it's going to be like inside. And like, there's Martian Manhunter inside and Batman inside. And Jan and Jace both run up to him to hug him. Like, oh, Triplet, it's so great to see you. Triplet powers activate. And while he's imagining this, we see this honk, honk, honk. And there's a giant smash. So it turns out he never got to the door. He only got partway through the street before he started imagining things. And he gets hit by a bus. And the guy driving the bus runs off. He's like, oh, I honked. Oh, you didn't move. Are you you okay? He's like, activate with white Christmas. And his wings appear and he flies off. So he finally got his wings. He just had to die twice. And apparently the triplet power was white Christmas. And that's the actual end of the story. So we get a uh, happy ending for our would-be Clarence, too, I guess, sort of. And Harley gets to let the Gordons go. It's a fun, broken story, so... As a thing, it it was neat. Um, From there, we cut to a new story. The uh, second story here is the... It features Batman, and it's a Christmas by Gaslight. So this is like uh, Gotham by Gaslight, the uh, Batman um, Elseworlds story timeline. And this is uh, written by John Lehman, and the art is Danny... That's all, just Danny. And uh, it has that kind of Mike Mignola look to it. And uh, we're dealing with the Gaslamp time frame, so like Jack the Ripper days from Batman. And like it opens up, and we've got uh, outside of a couple buildings, the steam rising. There's a little kid sitting on a park bench, and he's reminiscing about being told how the money was short this year and that he probably shouldn't ask for anything from Santa Claus because there wasn't anything in the family budget for that. And so he's feeling really sad, but all he really wants for Christmas is a, is a white Christmas. And uh, we see the ground, and the ground doesn't really have anything like snow-wise on it. It's just sort of gross because England. And uh, he gets up to walk home, and we see the bench that he was sitting on, which is colored in yellow and red, which is not really normal for a park bench, shapeshift and transform and uh, into a dude who's got a top hat, crazy goggles, and is wearing a black, yellow, and red as his costume. He's like, oh, man, no snow on Christmas Eve. This is something we got to try to fix. And we find out this is Eel O'Brien. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know Eel's, whose Eel's superhero name is, when he's a good guy, he's Plastic Man. Um, so Eel decides he's going to try to see what he can do about making his Christmas happy. And uh, our voiceover mo- monologue gives us the story about how Bruce Wayne constantly competes against a... Another uh, rich investment man to create something new for the holidays that's a gift to humanity. And this year, the uh, competitor has decided he's going to invest as much money as he can to try to beat Wayne. He's even hired himself, bought himself one of those uh, horseless carriages. So, you know, an old school car. And uh, it happens to be painted in yellow and red. And so the guy's loading all of his toys and everything he's got together for the Christmas giving and to try to win this contest against Wayne. And uh, partway through the evening, well, Plastic Man has replaced part of the car and decides to take, basically steal it. 
in the process of stealing it, well, of course, he runs into Batman, who is flying an old-school-y-looking glider that's like a fueled, uh, what's a Zeppelin? One of those air, hot air balloons? No. A Zeppelin? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, a Zeppelin-powered with wings. It It's a cool, crazy-looking, like, old-school type thing that he's flying. He's like, oh, not this time, O'Brien, because he's not going to let him get away. And so now he's chasing Plastic Man, who is the car, full of all the doodads and trinkets. And so the two of them kind of battle for a second, and Batman gets in the mix of all of it. Well, it turns out there's a, a third party that's interested in stealing this hull, and it's Mr. Freeze. And so we get a cool look at Mr. Freeze in like a, I don't know, man, like a steampunk-style Mr. Freeze costume. It looks freaking cool. But it's very, like I said, it's very Hellboy-like. Um, and then Mr. Freeze has decided he's going to rob the robber. Well, now both Eel and Batman are there, and of course Mr. Freeze doesn't care which one he shoots, so he basically goes after both of them. So ultimately it leads the two of them to kind of work together for a second. I mean, it's it's very haphazard how it happens. But eventually Batman's hand gets frozen. And in the process of trying to stop Mr. Freeze, O'Brien gets behind him and starts pulling tubes on his um, backpack. And Batman's like, no, O'Brien, stop! And we have this giant explosion of ice and frost and snow. And then we cut to the next morning. And the little boy who's wishing for snow for Christmas is outside catching snowflakes on his tongue, just pleased as punch because when they got snow for Christmas, it's exactly what he wanted. Well, it's from the explosion from the previous night. Well, it also turns out while he's playing in the snow, he finds a shiny red fire truck. And this fire, this shiny red fire truck is one of the toys being hauled away by O'Brien in the robbery. And we get a shot at the bottom of the thing where it says it's from Wayne Enterprises. And so the boy not only got a Christmas present, but he got the Christmas tree that he wanted because he wanted the... Uh, he won the snow. And we cut from there to uh, Batman finding O'Brien in an alleyway, and he's like, ah, I can't believe you ex- lived through that explosion. He goes, you know what, Eel? If we, when you do good things, you don't, you're don't. you not half bad. You might want to think about that, because tonight you were a hero. You might want to think about making that more regular. And he's like, you're not going to arrest me? He's like, nope. What you, what you manage to do is a blessing for the whole town, so maybe you might want to turn that, turn that uh, career of yours around. And Batman basically leaves him, which is very like the regular, like, Earth Zero story for O'Brien. I mean, there's a lot more his plant partners trying to murder him, but as a thing, it's got a very similar take to it. I mean, if there was a Gotham by Gaslamp story for these two, this would be what it was. So that was pretty cool. Like, I dig Mike Manola-style art. So the Danny, which I don't, I'm sure I've seen this artist before, I just don't know where from. Does a pretty good job of it. I mean, God of My Gaslam's got a particular look to it, so I thought that was really pretty cool. Uh, from there, we cut to a very different Earth. This whole book is flavored multiverse style. So the next story. So the name Mar- DC's Mary Multiverse. Yes. That's oh, you think it's funny? Huh. That's why. Yeah. Ha ha. Funny guy. Funny guy over there. Oh. See the next book or next story is uh, To Stop the Star Conquest. And this uh, features the Teen Justice. Uh, it's written by uh, Ivan Cohen, and uh, the art is by uh, Eleonora Carlin. And this guy it takes place on Earth-11. So we jump from uh, the Gotham by Gaslamp era to 
a very uh, modern style looking planet. And this is supposed to be during New Year's Eve, so it's not Christmas time for this one, but as a thing, we open up in a world that has a very different version of the Justice League. In Earth-11, like, I don't have any preposite for it, so I don't know if this is one we use regularly or not. But this world, we have a female superwoman, a bat woman, and a aqua woman, and then Jesse Quick as the main part of the Justice League, and Zatara, along with uh, Carol Ferris, the Star Sapphire, is what appears to be our regular Justice League. The story opens up, and it's New Year's Eve, and they're getting ready to fire the fireworks and celebrate New Year's, and this particular world, everything's, I mean, sort of backwards. Zatara's still a guy, but everyone else is girl or is female. As this news announcer type announces the Justice League to come and light the uh, fireworks off, well, they show up, but they all have starros on their face. And they are all talking in a uh, blacked-out sort of red writing crazy. They like, greetings, everyone. Suffering is going to be at an end. You will join it and... And, and be part of the part of the one so they all are being controlled by starro and wanting to spread starro to everyone on the planet which is a pretty normal thing for starro uh from there we're automatically met with a supergirl which is uh laurel kent and she punches <laughs> punches out aquawoman and she's like oh i thought she'd be a lot tougher he doesn't keep aquawoman down very long but uh it's a pretty good uh it's a pretty good uppercut uh from there we're joined joined by a would-be female Robin, very Damien in her costume. And the two of them are chased by Aqua Woman, and the Star Sapphire starts shooting at them as they're trying to get away. And then the two of them, in this whole race of action, they basically wind up fighting a whole bunch of the Justice Leaguers all at the same time. And then they're joined by a couple other the underlings. So we get Aqua Girl, and then we get uh, Kid Quick, which is uh, Jess Chambers. And I want to say Kid Quick is actually supposed to be the main character in the future state story that's happening for The Flash here in January, February. I think that's the case. Um, but he comes running in, and he's speeding, speeding around trying to help people and get him out of the way. And uh, our Aqua Girl creates this giant like bubble shield to try to protect some people. In the process of that, we wind up having Kid Quick take out uh, Star Sapphire. And then both uh, Supergirl and Batgirl. Uh, Robin? I guess it's just Robin. Um, he winds up saving both of them, and they're like, oh, look out. You gotta watch out for my moms. And we see this bad ring on a cable come flying around and basically tie him up and take him out. And uh, both the girls are like, accessories are so last year. And uh, we see Batwoman, who's now got the Kid Quick all tied up. At that point, we wind up having a giant explosion sort of happen. Out of the explosion of light comes this very female version of Clarion the Witch Boy. And she's uh she casts a couple spells to protect the other kids and tells them that she's currently trying to block Zatara's attacks on them and keep him from just mind controlling them and putting stars on their face. So she can only use half her page half her half her powers because she's multitasking. And uh she does say that Jesse Quick's fighting the the uh the Starro, so they have to try to get to her quick to help her. And we get a shot of Jesse Quick while she's like vibrating trying to keep the Starro off her face. And at that point, we wind up having all the kids sort of together get encompassed in a bubble by uh, Aqua Girl, and she's uh, protecting all of them while they try to figure out what their next step should be. They talk about how well, who else can we get to get help from, and they make a mention of uh, the Wondrous Wonder Boy, who is connected to Wondrous Man, 
And so this is the boy version of Donna Troy. And he shows about nowhere with his, uh, his lasso, uh, which is similar to the lasso of truth, the power lasso. And he uses it to lasso up Bat- Batman, stop, or not Batman, Batwoman, and stop her from attacking the kids. But about that time, we wind up having the Star Sapphire show up and take him out. From there, Supergirl decides that she's going to try to take all of them out and get as much of a distraction she can cause so they can try to get a hold of Aqua Woman's Trident. Because if they can get the Triton, they can use it to shoot lightning and maybe disable the Starros. And of course, that's what they do. Um, Kid Quick winds up chasing, racing his, his aunt, Jessie. Eventually, they get the, uh, the Triton. And use it to shock off, shock and kill all the Starros. So once everyone's free, the uh, Justice League kind of reforms together and they thank the kids and they go ahead and fire all the fireworks. It turns out the fireworks are being launched by Zatara. He's uh, creating the fireworks magic wise. And they now it's Happy New Year and everyone, you know, hugs each other and parties. Everything's fine now because the Starros have been electrocuted. The kids kind of have their inner, inner mala with each other. The Clarion girl likes Jesse, the, uh, the speedster boy and she makes her cat appear and she's like oh i had him hit in a pocket dimension and the boy of course sneezes he's like oh i'm allergic and she goes oh uh, well we'll see you later then so blows him off because he's allergic to cats and then uh bat woman and superwoman are like it's really good to see you playing with other care with other kids rather than just each other to both uh robin and supergirl and that's kind of where it ends the uh late lady announcer who announced the um, start of the firework countdown says oh they've been saved by by teen justice or the junior justice league and they're all like oh we gotta find a better name than that and so they all walk off into the distance talking about what name they want what name would be better so pretty quick you know star battle on earth 11 art's neat so the next story in here is uh bizarro love holiday and it features President Superman. Uh, this is written by uh, David F. Walker and uh, the artist by Gustavo Duarte. And again, art style-wise, very different than the previous story. So like, that's pretty cool how the art's so different between things to keep things separate. And this thing opens up with uh, President Superman standing there. And they, there's a whole write-up monologue going on that tells us that we're in Earth-23. And it gives us an, or- an overview of... Explaining that Superman has created, or President Superman has created his own holiday, which is uh, the celebration of rapport, and it takes place over two days. And the the breakdown explains to us that there's something that it's not easy to create a holiday, but you know if you're Superman, you can put your mind to it and you can get anything done. And uh, it shows a whole bunch of people in a crowd watching him as he flies around collecting these little stones. And he explains to us as the story goes on. He explains this it's a giving day and that every person has their own stone that they give away. And it's supposed to be their their marker stone that they consider to carry all their beliefs and hopes and wants. And so the first day, you collect all these stones from everyone and you put them into a giant container. And then those containers are moved around the, the world. And on the receiving day, which is the second day, you get a brand new stone that has everyone else's emotional connection to it. So complete stranger stone. So it's a, it's a weird kind of, I mean, not weird. It's interesting, but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird, like uh giving receiving kind of thing. 
And it talks about how there's only one person that's never participated in the holiday. And that happens to be Bizarro. And he actually hates the holiday because he's never had a gift given to him ever. And so we join Bizarro out in space and talks about how him, he's like, holiday make Bizarro happy. So very happy. And well, if you know Bizarro, you know he talks backwards. And then the, uh, the narrator of the story. Opposite. Opposite, right. Not backwards, we're reading wise, but like opposite like, motions. Like Zatanna. Right. Zatanna's backwards of words. Bizarro's backwards meaning. So, yeah. So we, we join Super President Superman. He's getting help from a couple other characters. We've got a, uh, I, it's not Kilowog. It's like a pig green lantern guy, but, uh, he, he, he might, he might be supposed to be Kilowog, I guess. And uh, one of the Shazam kids, and they've both collected these giant uh, tubs full of these stones. And uh, the two, two of them exchange stones, and now we're on giving day, so Superman's flying around with his. He's going to take it to the people to give them their stones. And we get a shot of the crowd, and they're all super excited, because up in the sky, oh, here comes Superman. And uh, as he's flying down with the container, well, Bizarro intercedes and uh, punches him in the stomach, spilling the stones everywhere. And the people in the crowd are like, oh no, the holiday's ruined, oh no. And uh, that leads to a fight. One of the guys watching says, should I be recording this? You know, internet-wise. And so Superman's battling Bizarro, and the two of them hitting each other, fighting each other. And eventually Superman punches Bizarro to the ground, and he falls into a stack of the, of the stones. And this little girl walks up, and she's like, are you okay, mister? He's like, that felt good, because it's Bizarro. Bizarro, love holiday. And she's like, Really? Were you just being sarcastic because she's a little kid and, of course, doesn't realize how Bizarro speaks? And so she tells Bizarro she wants to give him a present. And he's like, present? With a question mark. Yes, a present just for you. And he's like, for Bizarro? And she winds up giving him one of the, the stones for Christmas. And since Bizarro has never gotten anything, this makes his heart grow three sizes, as it were. And so... uh he basically carries her around and collecting all the coin, the stones to give back to people. And the whole time they're talking, she's like, you're really being sarcastic. And he, at the end of it, of course, he's like, Bizarro hate holiday. Cause she's decided that, you know, he's sarcastic with his remarks and she knows what he really means. So it's, I mean, it's a cute little story. Art's pretty fun. Art's great. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you want to take over from there? But you didn't say that at the very end, he said it's Bizarro hate holiday. Oh yeah. That's the last, that's the last line. His, his Superman symbols, like, looks like it's made with masking tape. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one takes place on Earth 12, Neo Gotham Christmas Eve, which is, a uh, um, Batman Beyond. And Terry's talking about, um, he's listening to like the news basically like holocaust to talk about like record sales and this and this and that. And he's like, well, everybody's out shopping. I'm out doing some, Searching my own, and it happens to be located thousands of fathoms below, and he jumps out of some sort of futuristic batwing, and he dives in, and he's like, over the past few months, I've managed to access the archives on the back computer when Bruce wasn't around, and I stumbled across something interesting, an incident report from decades ago, and uh, as he's diving, he's like, it's a vehicle that was never, that they tested out, but it, it was never recovered, the first and final voyage of the bat sub, and uh he gets on board and he's walking through it and uh, he uses his battery to kind of, uh, and the suit to kind of power it up and everything's, things are st start glowing green 
and uh and it it says you didn't ask what I wanted for Christmas, so let me put it in my request. No more Batman and then all of a sudden Terry's just like he's kinda It's a crazy does, flash of light. Well yeah, well yeah, green flash. But, but and then he's he's just kind of in a different place and he's like he's at Wayne Manor and it's all decorated, there's furniture, he's like and his head's all ringing, he's just like, It looks like Wayne Manor, but it's you know, Mr. Wayne all the lights and furniture, he, he lives in the dark. And then, like, he sees a little kid running. He's like, hold on, wait. And the kid runs right through him because he's a ghost. And uh, his parent, you know, Bruce Wayne's parents sit on the couch like, open gently, Bruce. You want to break it on your first day? And he's like, Bruce? Like, Terry's watching and it's like, then the gray ghost comes about. And he's like, without the tragedy of his parents' deaths, there can be no Batman. And I know that, I know you from the, oh, and Terry's like, I know you from the archives. Am I dead? Are you some kind of ghost from the, from Batman past. And he's like a gray one. If you're to be precise young friend, but I'm here to show you what life is like without Batman. And so it'll be your, so, and, uh, and so will your next guide. And then all of a sudden there's like, um, he's back in Gotham and gray ghost is gone. It's like, there's a big explosion. It's just like, we're back in Gotham and the, the Gotham I recognize, but there's no Batman here either. So that means, and there's like just a bunch of, you know, a gang of jokers and it's like woo jokers rule and they're blowing things up being all crazy and then like the actual joker comes up behind him um he's like i thought i'd be lost in a world without the bat but i'm too busy blowing stuff up to care and he's like joker how are you even here he's like old jokes never die they just get recycled he's like and i don't need the batman for me to exist or even you bat kiddo as long as there's chaos my legacy remains and legends are always better if they stay living through the miracle of modern medicine and dips into cryogenic freeze pool. Thank you, Victor. It's like I never left. And then it's like, I mean, just look at all my offspring over the years. I've got a growing family of boom zoomers to feed and child support to avoid, child support to avoid. And I'm one proud papa. And it just shows like a bunch of little kids like in Joker costumes and yeah, and Harley and Harley Quinn costumes. It's like it looks like the little rascals actually. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like they're the last rascals done it's, up. It's a hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. like, you got the dog and everything and alfalfa. Alfalfa alf, alf in the middle. Yeah, they're all Jokers. It's like slag it. There's got to be some version of of where Batman still exists. Oh, and, and then Joker's you know the ghost of Joker. He's like, oh, there is, and they're expecting you. I'll buzzy right in. Ha! And he like slaps him on the back of the neck with a, with a hand buzzer. Yep. He's like, ow, that's... And then, so then Terry wakes up and it's like a beautiful, sunshiny park and beautiful-looking Gotham. He's like, that stung. He's like, at, at least I've gone somewhere nice. This looks like Metropolis because it's so beautiful. Right. And then he's like... And then a woman comes up and is like, no, Terry, you're home for many years. Uh, no, you were home many years from now. And he's like, no, Shway, this, this is Gotham. It's evolved. And this woman says, as all things in time should... But some things remain the same, and if you're, and then it shows an old Terry, like an old like gray hair, beard, and kind of, you know, all kind of scratchy and dishe- little disheveled looking. He's like, if you're here, to, if you're here to data breach and cred jack me, you picked the wrong guy. And it's like some robots in the background. And it's like scan complete, voice ID confirmed, McGinnis, Terry, security disabled, vault accessed, account transfer pending. Which which is. I don't know, they're like robbing him, basically. They're like, basically crazy robots, robbing like crypto robbing him. Yeah, and uh, and he's like, "This is where I turn into Batman." I mean, he will. He's we're we're both just watch and talking to the woman. He's like, "Now that you silicons know who I am, that also means you know 
I'm with her. And then a new Batman Beyond comes out of nowhere, and it's a female one. It's like, intruder alert, secure perimeter, initiate system purge. And uh, she comes out and breaks, like, you know. Wrecks all the robots. Wrecks the robots. Yeah. And uh, he's like, a little too silent for my taste. I was more chatty back in my day. And she's like, until you find me a way to block your scanners, I'd like my life to remain secret. And uh, he's like, we still on for lunch? And then she says, info dump, decryption complete, and absolutely. Because like, she's like fixing the info thing. And like, she's like, yeah, she's, she's clear- very like business. Yeah, clearing, clearing out the robot's memory stuff. And, but yeah, she's very business about the way she handles things. And then young Terry, who's watching, says, why isn't he Batman? And she, got the the female ghost person, was like, "You only asked to go where there was a Batman. It just happens to be not be either of you." And he goes, "Who is she?" And then the female ghost person said, "Isn't it obvious, McGinnis? She's our daughter." He's like, "Dana, wait, come back." And then he, so is his girlfriend, Anna. And he's like, and he's like, "Back," or, or he's like, "Dana, wait, come back, come." And then he then he yells, "Back! Where am I now?" And he's in a decompression chamber, like a, and uh. Out of the back cave. In the back cave, and you know, old man Bruce with Ace and uh is it Ace in Batman Beyond it is. as well? Yeah. Um He's like he's like, How are you feeling? He's like, Oh, my joints are numb, I'm still a bit loopy. Feels like I've been mind hacked by Spellbinder. And he's like, Not this time. What did you see? He's like, It's not what about what I, what I saw, but who I didn't. I'm just glad to be back. He's like, You almost didn't make it. Your bat suit's radiation toxicity is off the charts. That could only Happen from encountering blight. Whenever the suit exceeds its safety threshold, the failsafe kicks in and autopilot returns you to base. It activated and rushed you home, and you're, real, you're feeling the lingering effects of decompression sickness and probably some disturbing visions. And he's like, why were you at the bottom of the sea in the first place? And he's like, Christmas shop, and I was trying to avoid the rush. Which reminds me, do you hear that? And he pushes a button, and the bat sub pops up. He's like, I thought you might like it back after after you crashed it. And he's like, you're mistaken, Alfred was the only pilot. I only pulled him from the wreck. He wouldn't allow me to go back for it either. I think it embarrassed him. From that point on, he swore off driving anything but the family limo. He's like, so, about my holiday bonus, you forget, didn't you? I'll accept creds or new Batmobile. Please be a new Batmobile. And he's like, when you get to my age, you realize there's something even more valuable than money. Time. Take the night off and go spend it with Dana. Our search for Blight can be delayed until tomorrow after I repair your suit. And so he takes off, and, you know, him and Dana are hanging out. But then Terry left him something, and I said, um, with the note that's saying, so what do you mean, what do you get for the man who can buy anything? A lost relic from the past, and it's Alfred's cane. So, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Art, and that was really good as well. Yeah, it's, uh, art is by uh, Dustin Nguyen, and the uh, writer on that was Derek Friedhoffs, which, uh, I mean, if you're a long listener of the show... We have interviews from both those guys from different years, and the two of them are the same guys who made uh, Little Gotham, which is fantastic. So, yeah, it was really good. Batman Beyond wise, awesome. All right, well, from Batman Beyond, we move on to uh, Night of the Magi. This is um, written by Sholly Fish, and uh, art is by uh, Vanessa Del Rey. Um, This one stars the uh, League of Shadows, but it's not our normal League of Shadows. Uh, we pick up on Earth-13, this is ancient Egypt, and we basically have a bunch of slaves working and uh, being whipped by slave masters, by Egyptians. And uh, one particular guy is carrying around a bunch of, uh, well, he's got bricks on his back, 
And he keeps talking to himself, and he's got a whole monologue, like a voiceover inside his head, talking about if he if he was to just blend in with them, he'd be able to pose as one of them. He looks enough like one of them that he could easily leave his place and move up in the chains. All he'd have to do is abandon his family. And uh, we actually see him sneak out in the middle of the night to leave and do that. And uh, who this is, it's, it's Yakov is the guy's name. Um, but he basically abandons his family, leaves a woman and uh, what looks like a child. And we jump from ancient Egypt to now. And at the now, we are joined by a batch of crazy-looking demon skull beings. Uh, there's one particular guy that's got a skull and crossbone on the end of his staff, and then a lady with a shroud over her eyes and crazy wings. And the two of them are deities of some type that have taken control of the League of Shadows, which for this world is a, um, a mixture of Ragman, uh, Etrigan... Uh, Swamp Man, which is a Swamp Thing to Swamp Man, because their names are different. Edragon's called Super Demon, Hellblazer, uh, Witch Boy, Dead Man, and the Enchantress. They're Earth-13's team, and they're being controlled by these deities and made forced to battle each other. And so we get some conversation between everybody as they're fighting, and because they're not really in control of themselves, but they can still seem to, to talk. And, uh, there's only one of them that's not really being controlled by everybody else, and it appears to be Ragman. Uh, we cut from the the battle back to ancient Egypt, and we see now Yaakov is walking with the other uh, Egyptians. He's dressed as an Egyptian, and uh, talking about trying to move up the food chain, and his buddy that he's talking to is telling him, oh yeah, with all my ends, you'll definitely get into the Pharaoh's palace. I mean, you'll, you'll definitely get a better job. And uh, one of the men who's tied down on the floor very messed up, like old and raggedy, calls to him, and he calls, says, Yaakov, help, help, help me. And uh, the guy's friend's like, hey, do you know Ahmed? Because he calls himself Ahmed now. Do you do you know that man? He's like, no, that guy's just a crazy old man. He doesn't know anything. And then they continue down the hallway, and the old man on the floor says, but I'm, but I'm your father. And we see a close-up of his face as he feels bad about leaving the old man, but uh, clearly he's still going to do it. Uh, from there, we cut back to the present again, and we're in the middle of the battle with the skull-faced guy and the lady with the wings, and they've realized they don't have control over the ragman. And so at this point, he's battling them and trying to stop them and using his robes to tangle them up. Uh, then we cut back to the past, and we see uh, Ahmed now, Yaakov, carrying a you know, roll of scrolls through the hallway, and uh, he's met by a few other guard-looking type guys. And the guards say, have you heard? The pharaoh has died. And he's like, oh no, that's terrible. Uh, so do you think we're all going to lose our jobs with the next pharaoh? He's like, oh no, you've done a really good job. So you're going to serve the pharaoh in the afterlife. And both men grab a hold of him and kill him. So he can be buried with his king, the pharaoh. Um, as he awakens in the underworld, covered in bandages... Uh, he's in the realm of the undead, the Egyptian undead. And so we have a giant Anubis and, uh, I don't remember what the lady's name is from the, un from the, uh, underworld for Egypt, but that's who they are. And he's like, oh, can I s have mercy, have mercy. And they say, well, you're not one of ours. You're, you're Jewish. You don't belong here. And he's like, oh, well, I don't have anywhere else I can go. And he says, well, you've forsaken your people. You've forsaken your religion. You've given up everything 
you don't belong here. We have no, we have no mercy for you. But I guess we can let you atone for your sins. And so they bind him in the, the bandages and basically curse him to live until he's repaid his debt to those he's killed. And as that's happening, we wind up getting this, uh, explanation as to, they say when you kill a person, you destroy a world. Well, how many worlds did he destroy looking by and doing nothing? So he's got a lot of sins on his hands. Uh, from there, we return to the present, and uh, he's basically defeated the uh, the two evil like deity things that are making everybody battle. And uh, the team is super grateful and showering with praise for everything he's done. And he's like, yeah, I'm just trying to atone for things and, you know, try to be better. And we see part of his bandages unravel. And so I don't know if the... Because it doesn't go far enough to show us if he's fully atoned or not, but part of the rags seem to release him. And uh, that's where that one wraps up. Um, it is pretty chaotic art-wise. So there's a... It's a little rough to go through. I'd say the art was terrible in this one. It's pretty It's pretty rough. I mean, I don't normally say it's like... some like It's terrible. Yeah, it's it's hard to read. And the fact that it's called Night of the Magi. And, and it's so, so a lot of these are based off of hol- like classic holiday stories like the... Probably Quinn one, you know, like, whatever. They're all, some of them are, some aren't, but right. this one's, like, called Night of the Magi, which it's, I would assume, based, slightly loosely based on Gift of the Magi, which this had nothing to do with that at all. Like, the Harley Quinn one was, like, like a straight-up, like, it's a wonderful life kind of version, of, like, Harley Quinn's version of that. Like. Right. So, but this one's, like, because the Gift of the Magi is, like, the husband and wife. Like she goes out and sells her hair to get her get him, I think, like a watch, something for his watch. And he goes out and sells his watch to get her like some really fancy brushes for her hair. And so it's kinda like uh it's 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 kinda like they both love each other so much. That's that that's that story. Sacrifice and duality. I didn't get this uh, Yeah, I don't see that. Yeah, anyway, whatever. Yeah, comparison wise, I don't I don't see that in this in this thing. Yeah, it's 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 rough. <laughs> so move from there into uh have yourself a bizarro little christmas and this is uh written by tom sniegowski and the art is by uh justin mason and it features the uh unjustice league of un-america and so when this story first opens up we see the uh bizarro planet which is a square earth because that's what bizarro world looks like if you didn't know that <laughs> it's square and uh initially there's a bunch of write-up that explains where we're at so like a voiceover tells us about the planet and how the planet operates backwards and then we uh when we get to the the meat of what's happening in the story we we're outside of uh, a store and we've got uh, jimmy olsen and uh lois lane and they're both there with perry white talking about how the christmas decorations are the worst they've ever seen like jimmy says Glad me not have camera, Perry White. Whites, because it's got a Z at the end of it. And then Lois says, me hates this time of year. Fills me with a spirit of taking. So, you know, backwards bizarre world. So basically the two of them are insulting the guy making the, uh, hanging up the Christmas decorations. Who is using a ladder upside down, which is hilarious. Uh, then we join a couple with a man proposing to the, uh, to the wife with his ring of bacon. 
And she tells him, oh, she'll never take his ring of bacon. Because, you know, it's backwards world. And then we've got a bunch of people singing, and uh, everyone out in the choir, or outside watching the people sing, are like, oh, they're great. Make them stop. So it's just, you know, it's backwards talk for how uh, how terrible the singers are. And then we just, we go from there, after seeing how the world works, to visit the uh, unhidden fortress of the the Unjustice League of Un-America, which is like a submarine crashed in the middle of the road. And uh, they're here for holiday time. So Bizarro has decided he wants to share something that he's seen on the regular Earth um, to try to fill the Justice League with... Uh, or his Justice League, the Unjustice League, with the Christmas spirit. He wants to try teaching them how to give and what giving is. And so uh, the first thing he says is, you, 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 you am first, Bat-Zaro. And this is the reverse Batman, of course. And uh, he tells him he's got him a new Batmobile. And it's this beat-up thing with Batman, like, graffiti all over it. And, of course, Batman responds and is like, uh, am I supposed to feel cold and rotten, but I do feel awfully happy. This is all wrong, Bizarro. Maybe you've been taken over by the uh, Joker, and the way they spell Joker is crazy. So, he goes from there to the Flash and gives the Flash a pair of boots. And the Flash, of course, is obesely overweight, and he's not a runny type guy at all. Sitting in a recliner. And he tells him, oh, this will make me even faster. And he gives Wonder Woman um, a smashed plane a plane of uninvisibility for her to use. And she also responds in a way that she feels, if she's supposed to feel cold and, and rotten inside, this is the opposite effect and she thinks something's wrong. And Bizarro's like, oh, you, you just don't understand. And then he uh, shoves Hawkman into a birdcage and he just says squawk. I mean, that's pretty much all he says at all. Hawkman doesn't have a dialogue. Uh Anyway, so the three of them are like, well, the three that can talk all feel like Bizarro. Something's wrong with Bizarro. Something's broken because he's behaving in a way they can't understand. And he kind of puts his head onto his face and he's like, ah, you know, he's about to give up. And then from there, there's a giant hole ripped in the ceiling. And we have like a Cthulhu looking faced, partially robot squid guy, sort of dressed like Santa Claus. And he informs him that he is a... He's a creature from the Bizarroverse, and he is uh, Xanta, with a Z, and he's there to uh, spread the intergalactic Santa corpse um, gifts and joy, because this planet, has, he's found that um, needs to provide more power for them, because they feed off the holiday joy, is what fuels their machines. And then we see back at what would be the factory, I guess, and there's these little alien guys basically making packages to give to people. And they're, I mean, they're kind of like little trolls or little, like, gnome things. Anyway, they, they don't talk a whole lot, but they're like, be joyful. And it's not like a, it's like an order. Uh, you will be cheerful. And one of them is like, merry, merry, merry. And of course, now we join, we're back at the Bizarro uh, Justice League base. And this thing is decided that, that they, they're going to give you know, they're going to be happy and merry, otherwise he's going to have to fight them. So, of course, it leads to the three of them attacking him, and the Flash laying there on the ground while Hawkman is in the birdcage. And uh, 
the Xanta tells him he's already spread his minions to the world to deliver joy. And we see all the little little things handing out presents to everybody. And uh, as he's doing that, he towers over them, basically giving the idea that by giving the presents, it fuels him and his people for monstrous um, control over the world. So like mind control style. And uh, about that time, we cut to Lois Lane looking at her package and how angry she is that she got a package. And so she decides to use it to, to throw it at the guy. And pretty much everyone around her retaliates the same way. Taking the packages and smashing them in the little dude's faces. And stomping on the packages like, you are not making us happy. As they trash all the presents. And as that happens, much like it, our giant Cthulhu Santa Claus shrinks. Um, because he's losing power because this world is so unchristmasy happy. Till eventually, uh, he just explodes into nothing. And, uh, that leaves Bizarro and Batzaro and I can't remember what Wonder Woman's name is. Evil, the, the Bizarro Wonder Woman all standing there. And, uh, they've saved the day, but Bizarro is still sad because no one understands giving. And about that time, we see Lois Lane looks inside one of the boxes and it's got a wrench. And she's like, oh, it am lovely. And she's like, you welcome, crappy holiday. And she smashes Bizarro in the head with it. So that makes him happy because he's Bizarro. And she used the present she got to hit him in the head. I mean, that's basically where the story wraps. So it's it's a backwards, just crazy. I'll give you the Cthulhu Santa thing is really crazy looking. Um, but yeah, if I mean, Bizarro stuff is always pretty random and wild, I guess. It's really funny when she hits him in the head, actually. Like, she full-on brains him with it, and he's like, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> awesome. And from there, we move into Twas the Night. Josh, you want to tell us a story about uh, Twas the Night, with stars Mr. Booster Gold? So, phone rings, and it's like all in shadow, kind of silhouette And it's just like, hello, slow down. I can barely hear you. I know it's Christmas Eve, but what's the problem? Hmm, Superman is working his other job. Batman's car lost a wheel, which I think is hilarious. Wonder Woman is away spending time with her sisters. Not a problem. I got this covered. Looks like a job for Booster Gold. That's Earth-22, which is a Kingdom Come Earth, right? I think so, yeah. And uh, this is called Twas the Night. And uh, it's like, never fear, I'm here to save your dining experience. And it's him working at, um, was it Planet Krypton? Yep. It's the restaurant at the end of when they go and when Wonder Woman and Superman go tell Batman that they're they're pregnant. Right. Yeah. Also, well, the restaurant's used again in Young Justice for a minute, but it's not the same place, obviously. Nice. But yeah, superhero-dressed uh, waitresses and hostesses. So have you ever seen um, Rocky Balboa? Um, and he's going around to tables, like, he owns a restaurant, and people go in there and listen to old fight stories and stuff. This is basically Booster Gold's going to table to table. He's like, you folks are in for a rare treat tonight. You've got a legitimate superhero serving you. And he's like, a time traveler from the future, like the Legion of Superheroes. And he's like, knocking trays over from, like, actual servers. And he's like, trying to help, but he's doing a terrible job. And he's like, there I was, standing off against Doomsday. Scary name, right? I'm actually the guy who first called him that. You know the beast who killed Superman? Well, if I hadn't been there, if I haven't been there, my gauntlets, with my gauntlets, he would have destroyed the the whole JLA, too. And he's, like, just telling story after story. And all of a sudden, somebody else, like, yells quiet really, really loud. And, uh, 
it's Maxwell Lord, and he's there. And he's like, a man can hardly think with all this madness going on. No matter, I'm here to do some last minute shopping. And they're like, is that Maxwell Lord? And like, only you would be shameless enough to keep this place open tonight, Booster. Now hand it all over. With enough of this super zero memorabilia, Lord Enterprises will have the fourth quarter it deserves. He's like, come on, Max. I can tell times are tough. Just leave this poor people alone, and we can go back to my office and talk. And he shoots a laser at. And Booster and Booster kind of dodges out of the way, and a fight ensues. And um, as they're doing it, the laser shoots it knocks one of the the gigantic Superman like dummy like statue things from the ceiling, and uh, lands on Booster and knocks him down. And uh, right as he's about to, you know, looks like he's about to finish him off, um, a laser like beam shoots across, and Maxwell Lord's like, "What?" And he's like, and he hears, "Leave him alone!" And it's all the wait staff, and uh, who are all you know, the white staff and kit cooks and stuff for that night are all like B characters. Uh, you got like black lightning, elongated man. Um, what's the guy with the bucket on his head? Oh gosh. I, it's a, it's a cr- crazy like joke character. Yeah. I don't remember his name though. And you got, uh, ice and animal man. Yeah. An animal man. And so, um, but anyway, they like, they do their due diligence and take Maxwell Lord down and, um, save the day. And, uh, the chef comes and is like, pulls up Booster Gold and is like, on your feet, boss. The shift's not over yet. And he's like, I don't know what to say, guys. Who trained you, Batman? And everything, like the whole, all the crowd's clapping and, and they're like, all saying, you know, like, way to go. Best weights, the wait staff here is the coolest. This is the best restaurant in town. I'm coming here every year. And, uh, Booster Gold's like, you kids spend time with your new fans. Let old Booster here take care of the cleanup. And then he picks up, uh, Blue, Blue Beetle uh, helmet slash mask thing, and this gives kind of like a like a a smile, like a rem- rem- remembering smile, thinking back on to spending time with Ted. And then uh, the next scene, it's at back at Planet Krypton, in a in a back booth, you know the in the Blue Beetle, you know Ted's Ted Cord's uh, mask is there, and it's him hanging out with Maxwell Lord. And they're like, "Cheers, pals!" Like it's fun to live out the old glories every once in a while. Although you're getting a little slow on. In your old age, Booster, Ted would have given you a lot of hell for letting that dummy hit you the way that it did. He's like, yeah, I miss that knucklehead. Guys us like us were always considered second strings, stringers, but when we fought side by side, it felt like we were the only team that mattered. Least I could do is give my second stringers the same feeling. They're the real heroes for working tonight. And so, and then so Maxwell says, so why call me in to play villains? Seems like they had it all under control. And Booster's like, tis the season of giving, and I thought I'd give them a shot at the big time. Plus, customers paid an extra charge on their bills for performance. Merry <laughs> Christmas to me, and then he winks. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, the artist on that, it's 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 uh, it's Todd Nock, and like he's top notch as, as far as an artist is concerned. Same guy drew a lot of that Young Justice stuff back in the day. And uh, the writer on it was uh, Brittany Halzer. Yeah, it's a fun one. I mean, Todd Nock's got a fun, like, cool art style. And if you ever read Young Justice and you know, you know the dude's art, he's been doing a bunch of Marvel variant covers, like headshot type variants. But yeah, he's he's a cool dude. This next one's insanity. It's like literally insanity. Magical. Pres Ricard's magical sci-fi desolate souls club holiday special with your host Pres Ricard and his. Ricardettes, 
and featuring Sunshine Superman, Shooting Star, Speed Freak, some commercials, Magic Lantern, and a very special Christmas mystery guest. So yeah, this takes place, uh, it's it's kind of a, um, like a variety show. Like, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there's the Bill Murray, like, Christmas variety thing. Oh yeah, well, like old school 70s variety it's shows. Four. Getting back to how, however long they've been for, doing. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, this one takes place in like Earth Forty Seven, which is like the Love Syndicate and Sunshine Superman, and like it's if it. I mean, I love him as a writer. He's my favorite comic writer. But if any tells you anything, this character was created by Grant Morrison, so it's super wackily off the wall insanity. So it's written by Jay Baruchel, and if you don't know who that is, he's He's um, an actor and writer. Um, he's best. Uh, he's plays Seth Rogen's buddy in This Is the End. He's the um, he's the voice Sean William Scott's favorite or best friend in the Goon movies. Right. Um, he's he's the voice for the How You, How you Train Your Dragon main character, whose name I don't know. Yeah, he's um in that um she's out of your league. Like he's anyway, and then it's uh drawn by Dominique Damo Stanton. Um. Art's actually pretty good in it. But anyway, so it takes place. um, These Prezer Cards Magical Sci-Fi Desolate Souls Club Holiday Special. And it's like a... Anyway, so it starts out and Sunshine Superman comes on. He's like, hey, everybody. And they're like, we love Sunshine Superman. And he's just like, now everybody knows the holidays mean a lot of delicious food. So that's maybe not always the healthiest. So tonight we're going to make some nutritious snacks that also taste great. And then, like, you know, girls are like, ah, oh, he's so beautiful. He's like, anybody here like carrots? And there's a girl who gets so excited that she spontaneously combusts. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a please stand by for technical difficulties. And there's a weird hippie with a refrigerator open and, like, and a fork. Okay. I'm warning, this, it doesn't get any d- more understanding. So, <laughs> just warning the list, like, people listening. It's a crazy break um, between scenes. Yeah. Well, you know, like in the old days, like, please stand by. Yeah, yeah. So next you have Speed Freak, and she's doing the whole, like, Forrest Gump's girlfriend. What's her name? Oh, I don't. I know, I know. Jenny. Jenny, yes. Anyway, she, like, sings when she's, like, supposed to be a stripper, and she starts singing the Bob Dylan song. Right. That's what that, I was, like, gonna walk. Uh, she, she, But this time she's playing, like, uh, these boots are made for walking, but kind of, like, thank you, thank you, everybody. Merry Christmas, and... And everybody's, like, clapping for her, like, ladies and gentlemen, Speed Freak, that was terrific, nice music, nobody spontaneously combusted, just great. <laughs> well, it's all about that. It's like, okay. Yeah. And it's like, so the next person, uh, next, you know, our next guest coming up, we have Shooting Star, and it's like, I don't know who he's, because Speed Freak's obviously supposed to be Flash. Right. You know, Sunshine Superman is always Superman, but, like, uh, Shooting Star's, mm, I'm, I'm not sure. But he's looks like, like a Doctor Fate with Our Man mixed together. I, yeah, I don't he's know. super angry. He's like, I told you I wanted no part of this. And everybody's laughing because he's supposed to be doing stand-up comedy. He's like, why are you laughing? That wasn't a joke. And they're like so, laughing some more. And he's, yeah. like, he's like, my sister's in town. Please stop. And they're like laughing. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, shooting star. And then somebody must be on Pandar the Fallen's naughty list. But you know who isn't? The good folks responsible for the following products. Let's pause for a word from our sponsors. And it's like. Goes to some commercials and. <laughs> okay, here we go. 
tired of being forced into emotional ransom by mainstream deodorant companies. And it shows like a can of deodorant and a guy like scared to death on the toilet in a towel. Like trying to like, crawl away from this can of deodorant. And it's like, try McDonald Douglas deodorant singles. And with decades worth of experience in the military industrial complex, McDonald Douglas has always been at the forefront of deodorant. And now you can be too. McDonald Douglas deodorant singles. It looks like cheese, but it's deodorant. <laughs> so this guy's like fighting off cans of spray and rub on deodorant with literally what looks like craft singles taking out of the package and putting it in his armpits. Oh yeah. Well, that can he's hiding from has got a giant like clawy mouth too that's coming yeah. after him. So like, yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy. And the next ad is a police car chasing a. Uh, armored truck like 20 years on the job and they pair me with a friggin tarp and you're like wait what it's like blam 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 like and it's a literally a tarp shooting a gun out the window and the tarp or whatever yells come on and he goes oh i forgot how susceptible i was to wind and it says tarp detective coming soon to channel 47 which what should have been my guess when i was trying to figure out what earth was coming up because that's the earth idea is there you go Anyway, <laughs> those are commercials because right. it's a variety show. And then they're like, welcome back. Commercials are great. Magic is also great. And it's like the guy that's like running the whole thing is dancing with a bunch of old men, but like in skirts. That old men like dressed like Santa. Yeah, with no, no, no pants. Yeah. And here to perform some of the aforementioned magic and our present expert in digitation, everybody's Please welcome Magic Lantern. And it's this, like, burnout hippie person. I don't know. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I kind of passed out for a second there. Sorry, everybody. It's been a long week. Um, What was I supposed to do again? Like, magic? Oh, yeah, right, right, magic. And then everybody, like, backstage is like, oh, my gosh. Like, magic. Yeah, weird word, magic. Kind of stupid. Wait, what was I supposed to do again? Okay, though, guys, don't narc on me, guys. It's been a long week, okay? A really long week, full of ups and downs. But you know what? I always say when life hands you, and it's like, keep on trucking. Lemons. And he, like, uses his, like, basically his Green Lantern ring yep. to, like, to say keep on, spell out, keep on trucking. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, this is so boring. He's like, I'll be honest. If you don't like that trick, you don't like any of the other ones. They're all <laughs> just slogans and green letters. You guys like Marshall McLuhan at all? That's that's not magic. Nothing about this is festive. Like, geez, you're just like my father. It's Christmas, guys. So what if if I'm a little less sober? And then it's like, nice, nice behavior. And then like the great um, uh, shooting star comes out and he's like, "I, I hope you're happy. My sister's sitting there by herself in the backyard. He's like, you didn't leave her a key? Like, damn you. And so they get in a fight on stage. And uh, then the you know the host comes out and like breaks up like okay well it looks like we have one final special Christmas guest it's Pandar the Fallen and it's like it's a panda in like a like millet like an an old timey admiral like captain of the high seas like uniform with like the this like the the gold like tasseled shoulders oh yeah it's like kind of kind of like a band conductor uniform. With, in, yeah, but I mean, what anyway? And it's like he's whole, has a staff with a panda, a gold staff with a panda head on it, and it's just like, wow, what a surprise! Pandar, 
Sir, it's an honor to meet you. Just one question. How come you didn't come down the chimney? He's like, but I did. Pandar is in every chimney, and he points at the chimney. <laughs> like, wow, it's a Christmas miracle. And it, he's coming down again. Like, <laughs> It's like, wow, it's a Christmas miracle. Have our offerings of entertainment satiated you? And he's like, silence. And then he opens his mouth, and there's just like weird magic coming out of the panda's mouth. And then like the old Santa men are dancing again. And then the host is just like, nice. And that's how it ends. <laughs> so I would say, if anything, and I'll tell you this, there's some stories in here that CBS isn't the biggest fan of. Before we get to the last one, which the last one's not as weird, but it's got some weirdness. But I'll tell you this. If anything, you need to read this and see it with your own eyes because it's so bizarre. I was like, Sunset Superman uh, is crazy. I like how you're like, okay, read the last two stories. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Did not know what I was getting myself into. It's crazy. But with a, a universe basically being created by Grant Morrison and um, Jay Bush. Bearshell. Bearshell, like the one that's like writing it. Because uh, he's. He's kind of a quirky dude, too. So, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it almost makes sense. All right, so this next one is called A Very Lobo Hanukkah. And throughout this whole thing, in my, in my university studies, I did some, uh, some world, like, religion things. And as I was reading this, I was like, I don't really remember what this text is. And at, at the end of it, I'm I'm do I'm only doing this because it makes it has to it has to do with this thing. It's like it's called One Maccabees, as I think is what it is. It's the first book of Maccabees, also called One Maccabees. It's a book written in Hebrew by a Jewish author after the restoration of an independent Jewish kingdom by the Hasmonean dynasty around the late second century BC. Okay. So it has a lot to do with Hanukkah. It's a Jewish writing that even some, even some historian, like some, uh, most Protestant religions don't recognize it. Some, there's different sects of Catholicism. Some of them recognize it a little bit. I don't know. It has to do with like the first building of the temple and the second rebuilding of the temple and how Hanukkah was based off the second rebuilding of the temple, I guess. And this book is about the first rebuilding of the temple. I don't know. Sure. There you go. That has a massive amount to do with this. So it's a Hanukkah thing. Right. I'm not Jewish. I don't know. I I did my best. Sure. I do my best. Oh, well, this one's written by uh, Tom King, and the artist on it is Scott Koblish. So anyway, it starts with a big headshot of Lobo, and he just yells, he just says, Mother Fragger. That's, that's what he does. Oh, yeah. And he's like, look, friend. You bastages and your bastage empire want to take over this space sector and rule it your way? Well, that's between you and the core, Green Lantern core, and all the trillions of fragged up souls living here. But you bastards and your bastage empire want to say people can't visit that f the f visit the fish that happen to live in this space sector. That people that people good people can't spend time worshiping those lovely creatures because it offends your sensibilities. Well, that. That's between you and me. And here, like, here, as Lobo talks, 
there's writings from the first Maccabee saying, wherefore was I born to see this misery of my people and, uh, and of the holy city and to dwell there when it was delivered into the hand of the enemy and the sanctuary into the hand of strangers. It's, you know, old timey writing. Let's just go with that. And they all kind of match what's going on in the scene. But as you, as Lobo says, and that's between you and me, he has his knife stabbed through one of the uh, aliens who are trying to take over this sector, like stabbed through the chest, so he's already dead. And then... Uh, well, the alien they, that he's killing is a dominator. Those crazy yellow things with the red dots on their heads. But that's the kind of alien they are. It's, it's the dominators. He's Yeah, he's basically killed, it looks like, all of them in that room while he's still talking. Right. And these people, these... Dominators. The conquering of Sector 3773 is preceded at uh, 99.388% efficiency level. Hmm, that was not on there. Compute numbers. Efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. And like, a local ruffian named Lobo objected to the standard policy of closing all animal preservation facilities. The keeping of inefficient life leads to greater inefficiency. What could possibly be his objection? And they're all being all weird, you know, silent, like, Boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, like that. Right. So anyway, they keep sending people at him. Send a bunch of ships. And Lobo's riding right at him, because that's what he does. And they're like, they're like, you stand down, blah, blah, blah. Or, do you have any questions? He's like, yeah. You know what I do got a question? I keep getting these blood stains on my hog from you people. I'm having a hell of a time with them. Is there like a special oil or something I'm supposed to use to get them out? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And it's like, the next thing is him, like, murder like a bunch of like murdered like elite soldiers like to have he just destroyed him and they're kind of floating there and he's like cleaning his motorcycle right and like with a, t- a rag and he's like all the time the writings from this old old religious text is written in the background which i'm not going to go through the whole thing because it's it's kind of like There's it, a lot of it but it, if you read it next to what he says it like it goes with it and he's like, and then it goes the next one. They sent some even more higher up soldiers at him. And he's like, I want you to know I'm doing this for the fish. I'm not having fun. And then he's killed more people. And he's like, okay, I'm having a little fun, but still mostly for the <laughs> frag and fish. And then he's like, okay, at this point, if I had to be honest, it's probably 50% fish, 50% fun. He's like, yeah, all right. It's mostly fun, but I'm still thinking about those beautiful frag and fish. He's like, it's not my fault. You bastards just d- Die good. That's on you. So let's let let's say eighty percent fun, twenty percent fish. That still ain't bad. He's like, damn this this is fragging good time. What the frag we're fighting about? So he just keeps changing. And the leader of the what are they called? Dominators. Dominators is like, all oh, this could have easily been avoided. All you had to do was respect our conclusion, a conclusion founded in essential and imperable logic. The worshiping of dolphins is frivolous and pointless. It denies one true power in the universe, domination. And then it's like him shooting that person in the face. And then it's like, meh, you might be right. I, I ain't even claiming you ain't. Maybe sticking to the old customs, maybe that don't make all that much sense when faced with the violence and the vigor of history. But frag it, man. I love those fish. <laughs> this is bizarre. And the next scene is a dolphin swimming in it. It's, it's Lobo talking. It's like, it's the same old story in it. My God is better than your God. What a fragging waste of time. The way I see it, every person got a right to their own God. 
That's what makes living worth living. That's the miracle of the whole fragging thing. There ain't no main man. Well, you know, besides me. And it's like him sitting there and a dolphin swims up to him and he's, he's dangling his feet, in the, his lobo feet in the water. And this dolphin swims up and he pets the dolphin. And then the dolphin, and like, it's like all sweet. And then the dolphin swims away. And I'm like, what? Lobo loves dolphins, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Didn't know that. It's a classic tale. Very much enjoyed that story, but like, with the, like, it's, you know, it's a Hanukkah story because it's, very merry multiverse. It's not right. Just about it's a Yule time kind of thing. So it's all inclusive. We got different pieces of different places. Well, you, Yule time would be um, uh, pagan. Yeah, Yule log. That's why I counted them. There's not that in there. Anyway, <laughs> I am disappointed. I will tell the biggest disappointment of this whole book. Ready? Okay. Captain Carrots on the front. There's not a Captain Carrots story. Oh man, I was so disappointed on that. Yeah. Actually, when you were like, "Hey, we're doing this," oh, Captain Carrots on the front. That's cool. No Captain Carrots story. Yeah, and I'm, you're not the only one. And the Zoo by that. House. like very upset about that. Yeah, very disappointed. You're not the only one. I was talking to Jared the other day when he was first picking this book up before I got a chance to read it at all, and that was his main reason really for buying it. So I felt kind of bad after I read it and realized that there wasn't any Captain Carrots in it at all. But he does like Grant Morrison stuff, so just like you and the Sunshine Superman, I'm sure he'll enjoy that part. But yeah, the Captain- it's funny. It's just wacky. It's like it's really does. Weird. It just doesn't make a lot of. I mean, it does make sense, but it's like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But it's the same with like some of them are based off of things, and some of them are just like holiday time things, and some like they're all just little kind of like I don't know. I liked it. I know that like there's the one story in there. That neither of us liked. Right. But really, the rest of it's good, I thought. So. Yeah, score for that book there, Josh? I'll give it a three and a half. Sure, I can follow suit with that. It's yeah. hard to do something like this. Sure. Well, there's so many different little pieces and different stories, and depending on who you are, some of that stuff hits different for you than other, than other stories would, and depending on how much you know about things. I mean, being a Todd Knock fan and having read all that Young Justice stuff... The Booster Gold story should be really familiar to both of us just because of where it takes place and how it's done. I mean, in Young Justice, we had that whole storyline where they were in the restaurant and, like, at least one issue. So, like, as a thing, some of that stuff will make more of a... Or have more of a place for folks that have read more stuff than others, you know? But... Like the, the the two there's two the two stories in it that I wasn't a big fan of was like the gaslight um, Gotham by gaslamp or the uh, yeah the gas lamp whatever story. it was yeah that one was like Christmas by gaslight and then the the weird yeah the, the uh, night or of the magi or whatever night of the magi yeah it was like uh, those both those were like. We're a little tough. I know that you weren't a biggest, the biggest fan of like the young, weird young justice story, young, whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, of the group of them, like it wasn't my favorite by any means. It just the art's really good in it. I think it's cool. That we got the the Jesse Quick stuff is really cool. Yeah, Jesse Quick in the full on flash suit's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty. I enjoyed neat. that design. And like, as far as looks are concerned, the designs of all those characters are awesome. I mean, the the Robin, the female Robin, awesome. The daughter, uh, Wonder Wonder Girl, cool too. Just 
the story itself moves, it moves really, really quick. And there's a lot of like characters that we have to put names next to because you don't know who they are. So I didn't mean it was bad. There's only one I really dislike in this book. And you know, it was rough. Yeah, it's hard to read. But the rest of my thing are great. And like the Gotham by Gaslight, like I really like, or Christmas by Gaslight. I really like Gotham by Gaslamp, that series, and I felt like this fits pretty good. I mean, we don't get a lot of the characters from that time frame, really, because it's basically Batman versus Jack the Ripper is what that story is. So this Christmas one with a basically plastic man was pretty neat. I mean, I really love the way that um, Mr. Cold, or uh, Mr. Freeze, that was hard to remember. The way Mr. Freeze looks at it, I love. But it's a... It's that style of art, and it fits that particular character really, really well. Costume design-wise. But yeah, it's a that weird Victorian steampunk kind of thing. So if you've never seen Gotham by Gaslight, then that story just is a weird world that you've never heard of before. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, I don't know. Wasn't the biggest fan, but... Sure. Yeah, score-wise, I, I follow C-Band, three and a half. It's pretty, pretty pretty, decent, I mean, story-wise. Majority of the book is good. And, I mean, like I said, the, there's different folks we get in here, art-wise, and different writers, and that's pretty cool. Well, I mean, like, so on this, co- is there multiple covers on this or no? No. So, like, in the front of this, like, so, Lantern, I think is what they call him. He was, like, what was he in... Are you talking about the kid? Yeah, the kid, Green Lantern. He was from a Batman Beyond episode. Um, He's not in this, which I thought was, like, the way that they put him on there. Because, like, he's a cool... I always thought he was a cool character. He was, like, kind of like the Dalai Lama of that era. And then he became a Green Lantern, like, the last Green Lantern. And then, like, Captain Carrot. And everybody else has a role in the... No, what's what's this guy's name from the... The old image stuff, or the old Wildstorm stuff that came over. Oh, that's not who that is. That's a super. That's a Superman from this, a different, different a super reality. Man? Talking about this one right here. Oh, that guy. Oh, uh, that's what's his face oh from the Wildstorm gosh. universe. Uh, yeah, uh, majestic. Majestic, yeah. Yeah, he's not in there at all either. I kind of thought for maybe there, maybe he was supposed to be Wonder Man. But we never see Wonder Man in that story with the with all the girl cast. Oh uh, yeah, but that is who that is. Because I because they talk about him a bunch, they but do. he's not in. We it. never see him. We see Wonder Boy, um, but we don't ever see Wonder. But Man. then the black and white Superman costume. What's yeah. that from again? Oh gosh, I don't. I, I was trying to remember that while we were looking while we were talking about it. I don't remember. But it's the Superman. It oh, it's from Batman Beyond. That's what's from. Yeah, took a minute for me to get there. So Batman Beyond. There's three characters in the front because we have the Green Lantern kid. So it was from uh, Justice League Beyond, is what it was from. Superman, the kid, and then, of course, Batman's on there, too. So, Terry. Um, the only other one that I don't think we see any of is the uh, is the Wonder Woman wearing, like, this kind of a... Uh, it's not... It wasn't Earth-X, because um, that's a Marvel thing. Uh, it's, there was a storyline with one of the other Elseworlds books where we basically had everyone dressed very... Uh, aristocratic like that's the costume she's wearing i do not remember where it's from but that story doesn't have anything to do with this either it's just a as far as a picture or costume it's a cool costume i just couldn't tell you where it's from 
I've seen people cosplay it. I feel like it's, maybe it's from Reds and Superman, but I don't think it is. So yeah, I'm not sure where that one's from at all. But other than that, I mean, the rest of them are on there. I mean, if that is Majestic, then of course he's not, but I think that's probably supposed to be Wonder Man. It looks like Majestic, but it's not here. I think it's supposed to be Wonder yeah. Man. Color-wise, it's the same thing. He sort of has the W on his chest and kind of has yeah. the bird head. And I see it now. So Etrogen is in the one the Egyptian story. Bizarro's yeah. in two stories. Yep. Like the little Supergirl is in. She's in the one story. The uh, the one with the daughters. The same one with Jesse Quick. Yeah. So like everybody else appears in here. So there's just the three that really don't. And like Batman Beyond, we touch, but we don't get. I think any the, of the Adam on the bottom too is supposed to be Adam from the. Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, the, the way his helmet's shaped? Yeah. Maybe. You know, I don't... I don't think we've ever actually seen him from that time frame, but it makes sense because I don't know where else that'd be If you're listening to this and you have a copy of it and you're like following along with this and you know who that one is, that's the one I was a little bit unsure of, but... Well, that and the Wonder Woman. If you know where that's from, leave a message in the comments. That'd be cool. Because I don't remember where it's from. I know I've seen it before, but I don't know where. At least I can't remember right now where... Same oh, this one Yeah. It's her in the, like, British aristocratic attire, but I'm not sure where that's from. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I want to say, I know I've seen it cosplayed. But I, do, I, I did really like the Bizarro story with, like, the giving, like, the, the, the President Superman, which was in that, like, basically loosely based on Barack Obama. Uh, I mean, I yes, know. now. We've had President Superman before, but the way he's currently drawn, and since, yes. The answer to your question is yes. So he's the president? Yes. He's President Superman. On that particular world, he is the president, and uh, clearly that Earth they're on now is not only African-American, but everybody superhero-wise is that way. That's where Nubia comes from, and yeah, he's the president. Booster Gold story was great. Like, the last Lobo story was great. Harley Quinn story was great, and yeah, I mean, it's hard to do these kinds of books. I mean, it's not hard necessarily. It's just there's a lot because it's, it's it, especially with this one was with the multiverse thing. I think last year's was easier, just because like there wasn't it wasn't all over the place. But this one like we kind of had to do like research for each story of like what's going on and what Earth it was and. Who certain characters are like the sunshine, like the Earth Forty Seven. I was like, that's yeah, it's crazy. It's a funny, it's a funny story. But like, if you if I just handed that to you to read it, you'd be like, what in the f is going on? <laughs> it is pretty wild. Like, funny, but it's yeah. I feel like so. it's the only one. I don't know. I guess a couple of these other ones, the Earths are pretty wild too. But like. As a thing, like I don't know enough about the different planets to know if we visited these places multiple times. I mean, obviously Batman Beyond, it's it's Earth Zero. It's the it's the main Earth, and the Harley Quinn story is the main Earth. But the uh, in the present Superman, we've seen him before because Earth Twenty Three had an encounter with uh, regular Action Comics during New Fifty Two. Well, I think Grant Morrison was still writing it then too. I think he, I think he was. But there's a couple of these other ones that I'm like, man, I don't know anything about that at all. And speaking of the Harley Quinn book, the story, um, not to take it in a darker place, but you did make a comment that he let Barbara and Jim go. She she let him go? She didn't actually let them go at all. No, she didn't. Yeah. She, but, she has Christmas with them while they're tied up. But you said, they're like, 
you kind of make, like, I don't... She gives him a knife as his Christmas present. Well, she shoves it in his face. This yeah. is, I got this for you. Yeah. And then holds the bat and Barbara says, I have this for you. Like, don't worry, I have this for you. Like, it's not that she's giving it to him. It's that that's how she's going to torture each one of them. I didn't read it that way, but I guess I could see that. How are you not reading it that way? <laughs> because Batgirl and James, and she's not a bad guy anymore. She is a bad guy, though. No, she's not. Yes, she is. No, she ain't She still does horrible things. I mean, no, Everybody's an anti-hero now. It's yeah. stupid. She's a bad guy still. She does terrible yeah. things. Two good people. You think Batgirl would have taken her out? You, you think Barbara would have been able to handle that problem? Maybe that's still um, Oracle Barbara. Maybe she doesn't have her use of her legs. I mean, maybe. And make it a little bit harder, but she even was really good at fighting his. Yeah. Nightwing tra- trained her pretty well, and so did. Oh yeah, I mean, but you have to have her do different things whenever. I heck, you can't be because Earth Zero should be current time. So, but maybe. I guess because it's multiverse, who knows? Maybe, maybe it is. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. The story's pretty gross when the little guy threw himself off and all the blood on the people's faces when he impaled himself in the tree. Messed up. Yeah. And the end of where Simpson's in front of the bus is pretty messed up, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he's the third Aqua teen. <laughs> but he's <laughs> but he's really, twin. really old. Or, yeah, the Aqua, like, triplet. But he, or not Aqua, uh, yeah, Wonder, yeah. Wonder, Wonder Triplet. Wonder Triplet. But it's just like. It's weird that he's old, too. But yeah. he's super old. And he, he, but that's the whole thing. Is he looks just like. Uh, Clarence. Clarence, which yeah. is awesome, I thought. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what he's supposed to be. Good times. We're going to do things differently tonight. Huh. So as you say things, I'm going to correct you. But we're going to do things differently tonight. Okay. At the end. But you got to do the books to watch because we got to do that first, right? No. No, it's not next? No. Ne- next thing is, uh, what did you learn today, Josh? You got to ask me what I for Christmas. What do you want for Christmas, Josh? Um... You know, I got a lot of things that I already wanted this year. I got to go out of town and visit somebody who I really care about. And she got me like a really, a new Manchester United jersey. And then my mom, who's, I love, God rest her heart, because she's an amazing person. But she uses my Amazon to order things for everybody. And I get notifications because it's my Amazon Prime. So I saw that she got me a Manchester United decanter and two whiskey glasses. So... My thing this year is I just, like, last year sucked really bad for me for Christmas. Like, I try really hard, and I love Christmas absolutely. So to get sentimental this year, I'm just enjoying every single day of the holiday, no matter what it is. And, like, you know, I got to go see Jocelyn last week, and we did Christmas together. And it was just it was just amazing to be with her at her house and stuff like that. And so that was really awesome. And uh, just, like... The night we set up the tree and stuff, you and me and her, was really awesome. And just, like, things like that, just actually embracing those moments of just holiday-ness. Because last year sucked for me. It just, things were, you know, crazy. Like, 2019 was a tough, tough year for me. But uh, everybody's, like, talking about how they hate 2020. Like, 2019 was way worse for me. So I've, I've been kind of, yeah, that's not, not really that bad. Plus, I get to work at work right now. Well, pretty much most of the year where, like, Nobody came in, and I did, like, except to get to go order, so I could just like wear whatever I want and like listen to music loud and not worry about things. So that's been fine. But yeah, so for what I want for Christmas is just to keep enjoying every single day, and it's like, like we know when you're a little kid, all you just can't wait till like Christmas Day to happen. 
And like, as you get older, you realize like all the days leading up. So every single day I've just been like watching a new Christmas movie and like just enjoying time with friends and, uh, just like just moments, just enjoying the moments. Like, so that's what I want for Christmas. So what do you want for Christmas this year, CBS? Are you asking me to actually answer that? Yeah. Cause like you usually go, so what did you learn today? Like, so you would normally, so that would be like, so so what do I want for Christmas? Right. But I'm just going to ask you what you want for Christmas (laughs) this year. I told you I'm going to correct you. We're going to change it up a little bit tonight. It's not really. This is our holiday episode. Not really correction, really. It's more of a trying to do something different. So you're, well, Scott Scott Snydering it. God, it makes me angry. Scott Snyder. I do love him as writer though. So even though, I don't know, man. Peace on earth, the will to men. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I more worry about what I get other people for Christmas than I do what I get for myself or what I want for myself. I know you're a really good gift giver. That's true. And you're really good at rapper, like with a W rapper. <laughs> you don't like I mean, free, you might be a, ra- you don't a like my freestyle. You might be a good rapper. Yeah. But you were a really good rapper. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. A little less her her her. And more paper folding with tape. That sounded more like um It's like what a straw does when it comes in out of your cup. Uh kinda sounded like a channel that you shouldn't stop on when like in the middle of the night. Oh, gross. <laughs> exactly. I was like, Ugh. Really? Yeah. That wasn't what was intended. And when your good friend is a DJ, you should be able to mimic DJs better. <sighs> yeah, but then all you get is um to um to um to oh he is fantastic, but ticket ticket. Do the zika zika. I don't. That's not anyway. That's not the kind of music he plays. Um, you know what I was thinking about today? Huh? I think that both of us would enjoy, and I have not seen. There's been one, but in the current form and awesomeness of a character that he is, Hmm. and how he's been around, and this and this and that, there hasn't been a new grifter action figure for I don't know how long. That's true. Price's anime cartoon series. God. I don't know why I thought about that, but I was like, I, somebody made a custom one. So I was like, huh, that's a cool figure. Why haven't they made that yet? He's not, he's not popular enough to matter. Like they had him show well, up in Batman 101 and it's kind of bad. He's supposed to show up. He, he does have a short in, he's one of the backups in Dark Detective. Yeah. You told me that art looks good. Didn't get to read it. So, but, but the art was good. And that's what kind of made me think of that. Like I was, but then. As we were, you know, did that book last episode. Wasn't that last one when we were talking about like all the different upcoming books for Future um, State? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that later in the week and I thought, I was like, that's weird. But then I also realized that DC, no matter how hard they try, which it doesn't seem like they try very hard, they don't seem to put out that many good figures. Like they can't get it right. They switch companies and they got McFarland working on them now. Yeah, he's but they were but they were kind of get like doing well there for a minute with like the was it called what was it called they're doing like the are we talking about the the McFarland toys or talking about the 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 ones before that that well DC Direct was putting out a batch of the Batman animated series figures no and they did a batch of the DC icons no like what was the like normal brick and mortar like DC figures that were coming out DC like multiverse Mm. or whatever oh yeah yeah. The DC, yeah, multiverse. Yeah, they had the yellow packages with the starburst on the back. You know, and they could have maybe they were, they, maybe there's still some hang up on who like what the, whose rights those are. I mean, 
Well, probably for they, some characters. Maybe they got the publishing rights for all the the Wildstorm stuff, but not. Oh no! With with the Wildstorm thing, I think it's just a matter of they're not fitting anywhere. I mean, they tried to integrate a bunch of them during New Fifty Two, and like we got a Wildstorm book that was really the authority. We got a Grifter book that did okay till. Well, no, I'm talking about figure wise. No, no. I mean, I I, I they, know what you're saying book wise, but I'm saying that maybe they have publishing rights, but they don't have merchandising rights. Oh yeah, maybe that's no why. I mean, I, I'm not really sure. I assume when Jim Lee bring all that stuff over. That it all became part of DC. I mean, I guess they might still be holdouts on some side that he has. I guess it'd be smart if he did, but they just haven't had a platform for them to matter. So why make figures of something you can't sell? Okay, why make figures of some of the characters that Marvel has made figures of and they still do well? Well, that's a different machine. That, well, but it's not a different machine though. So that's the thing is like Marvel has consistently put out like great figures, like Marvel Legends. Like the the figures have been consistently good, and there's. There's been some figures. I'm like, why did they make? Like, was it? What was the moth one that like the the multi really bright colored moth figure that they put out? Well, DC did a killer moth. Was that DC that did that? Yeah. Okay, so killer, okay, killer moth. Even DC. better, better example. DC can do a killer moth figure, but they can't do a grifter figure. <laughs> I'm I'm not arguing the point, but yeah, it, that's a weird. Right. Right. I mean, killer moth does have great spandex, I guess. No, a Grifter figure would be way cooler. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't have any idea, man. I, and maybe it is something to do with between Jim and them, or maybe somewhere in there, someone else owns the rights to the figures. I guess maybe the merchandising rights are dif- different. Well, they I don't are, know. but as a thing, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Grifter showing up in this book will, in this this uh, future shock thing, will bring back to back a fan, batch of fans, and we'll see something new. I mean, we haven't seen a Wildcats return, and I don't know why you would pick Wildstorm and then make them the authority and not instead just do Wildcats. So, I don't know, maybe there is something in there rights-wise that lies somewhere else. I mean, that animated cartoon series, who knows what they owned whenever they did that, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. You would think the Grifter would be a much more marketable character, I mean, after all, he's got guns and a mask and... Yeah, he's just cool. Kind of looks like the Punisher. But a lot of those, a lot of those characters are rad, though. Oh yeah. What's her chick's name? Voodoo. There's Voodoo. There's rad. Zealot. She was the assassin with the red costume. Zealot. How do you say it? Huh. Um. Uh. Who else was in there? Well, those are only two girls. A I lot guess. of the authority figure, the authority guys are cool looking. Like. Yeah, but the authority is a different bag of nuts. I mean, even even though they they've got a cool look to a lot of them, they're a different kind of, they're a different kind of thing. Yeah, but Midnighter's a cool looking figure. He would be. He'd be a hardcore Batman, but... Yeah, but he's super cool looking, though. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. It, just his connotation in the world, I think, is why that hasn't happened. I, yeah, I'm not, I don't I'm not think that matters, because they made, it, they made an Iceman figure. They made a North Star figure. Yeah, but that was before all that. No, it was Iceman not. definitely was. Mm, Iceman's been gay for a long, long time. Uh, no, he hasn't. Well, yeah. Last four years. That's a lot. They've made multiple Iceman figures since then. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's four years is a long time. I mean, guess. And, like, Nor- was it North Star? North Star, yeah. Has been for a long, long time, and yeah, they've made multiple the figures of him as well. Yeah. So it's just like, and you know what I mean? So it's just it's kind of like. Yeah, but Midnighter still comes with, I mean, even when those books were coming out from Wildstorm, I and mean, it was like they were made, made a hardcore Justice League that were there to be killers. Okay. Killer, was it Killer Moth, right? Are we talking about the guy in the spandex? Yes. Okay. So Killer Moth versus a Grifter or a Midnighter 
or a sunshine friggin' Superman. <laughs> like Why whoever you- that's pro- that's again, that's like DC just crapping the bed on like I'm surprised we haven't got a Captain Carrot somewhere. Captain Carrot I know. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyway. Action figure tangent. <laughs> I was thinking about that this week. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised there's not a Captain Carrot somewhere. You think that with as many weird appearances as he kind of gets, which is surprising the amount that he gets, they, they would have done something with him. Sunshine Superman, I mean, I, I guess I understand, but it would be cool to have a figure of that. It's going to be cool. But yeah, Captain Carrot, I don't know why. Grifter, I, I don't know why. Of the group of those characters, Grifter's the only one that shows up in continuity continually, so I give you, it's like once every four years now, but at least he still does. All right. He's in regular continuity, so you would think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, so books to watch. Uh, suggestion wise, I mean, listen to the last episode. There's a lot of DC stuff in there. And, uh, with those things, I still think the ones that are winners are winners. I mean, Dark Detective, I like. The uh, Teen Titans book, I like. Uh, as far as on the Marvel side of things, the new Black Cat series just started, and the first issue of it is great. Like, a lot art's good. It is tied into the King and Black storyline heavily. So, like, what she's doing is directly affected by that. It's still an awesome issue. You don't have to read King and Black to un- understand what's happening, but it's definitely tied up in that. So, first issue, it's really good. As far as other books, I mean, we only find them when they're dead. It's still good. I mean, we're four issues in now. Awesome. I do like the new Betty Page series that's coming out from Dynamite. It's all about her being a secret agent. The art in it's been good too, so that helps. Um, but it's it's a fun read if you if you want to dabble in the dynamite stuff at all. Uh, so I do dig that. Solid Blood, you guys should check that thing out. It's so weird. Um, there's a whole thing about that actually. Man, should put that in the news. What a weird man. Yeah, that's a weird thing. So Solid Blood, this is a terrible place to put this. So Solid Blood came out this week. Issue number 17. Josh, you know how many issues of Solid Blood have come out before this? Mm, I can tell you. Jared, do you know the answer? Oh, I, I know the answer. I mean, you can try to find it if you want to. It's, man, it's so weird. It's drawn by Ryan Otley, written by Robert Kirkman. And, uh. Well, oh, this is issue 17. It, it is. So 16? Um, not in our reality. Huh. Yeah, I, I know. It's, uh,. So according to the, there's a whole video clip that Rock Rickman put up, and you know that it's it's a marketing thing, I'm sure, but if you buy into it just for a second, just for the fun of it, if you believe the video, Robert Kirkman says that this is a book that he never remembers writing, that Ryan Otley, who currently has a exclusive contract with Marvel Comics, so theoretically, contractually, he's not allowed to draw, never made in this reality, and they believe it's possibly a book that showed up from another reality in the Diamond Warehouse. And when they were called about it, they said, we'll just ship it. And so they did, because stores like us never ordered them. They just showed up. And uh, it is issue 17. And in the story, uh, we have a bunch of action-type characters. Our main characters just died. It is uh, pretty brutal, but that's what Otley draws. According to Robert Kirkman in our reality, he says that these are characters that he had talked about with Ryan at one point prior to Invincible starting. But it was a story they never moved forward with. And uh, now it's here. So that's really weird. Talk about crazy marketing, right? To what end? I have no idea. So uh, 
if you want to buy into the idea of it, it appeared here from another reality. My brain says it's going to be connected to crossover only because it's dealing with superheroes appearing in the real world because of a rift in reality. Will that be real? Don't know. But uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Anyway, so that should have been way earlier in the episode. So I don't know. If your store still have copies of it, I want to say they were still available to order when I looked earlier today because I thought, man, I've never even heard of this book. And that's why. Ah. Anyway, um, that's all I really got. So that's your Christmas episode. Huh? So Merry Christmas. And speaking of Christmas, this means toys. And action figures. Um, we've got some cool news that finally showed up in the mail. So, um, new Planet Green Valley, which if you know what Planet Green Valley is, it's this most insanely beautiful, um, 118 scale figures you've ever seen in your whole entire life. They are so beautifully done. It's crazy. Yeah, they're really good. Um, I finally got the next one that we did that. Was that the first? No, 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 no. no, no. Episode so four or something. Episode four? I think so. That's a guess. I don't really remember. It was episode two, three, or four. It was right in there. It was like really early of the, those episodes. Yep. The next one, the one that I've been, the one that I wanted from the beginning. Um, it's it it finally showed up. It shipped finally because they're all come from China, so it's all weird and wacky. Got some new uh, Joy Toy stuff, which also really those good. guys. They're, they're great. It's yeah. just they pump out so much product. They're so good at it. Yeah, they make some fantastic stuff. I don't get it, but. So, Action Figure Deconstruction, our uh, YouTube show, we should have some new stuff for you with that. Right. So, we should have some new episodes coming out for the holiday season. Um, hopefully, probably record this weekend, I think. At least a few episodes to get those going. There's some really crazy... So, we don't usually do news in Action Figure Deconstruction, but there's a bunch of really crazy, like, um, Star Wars Black Series, like the six-inch figures coming out. Some really cool ones. Uh, what's the name? The... The blue Mandalorian chick with the red hair. Bo-Katan. She's coming out. There's a figure of her. That's cool. Um, Sith Ray's coming out soon. All, I mean, all sorts. All mm-hmm. sorts. So I'm actually stoked because if you haven't been watching The Mandalorian, spoiler alert a little bit, but Boba Fett's in it. His new look, that samurai where he's got the cloak underneath his like his armor. It looks awesome. Super rad. Yeah, it's really cool. And he's cleaned up his armor too. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, it, it looks really cool. Yeah, figure-wise, there's a whole bunch of characters in there they could do that, I mean, they should do. But yeah, his his new armor look and his, uh, his recolored armor. Yeah, it looks awesome. Just cleaned up and touched up and whatever. But, oh, yeah, it looks great. But it's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, and again, if you haven't been watching that, then you've been living under a rock and you're not... <laughs> you're a communist. Um... The G.I. Joe classified stuff, next waves are coming out, but I guess they released news information like yesterday, I think, that the new Target wave that's coming out, which, wah, wah, wah. Right. Nobody can get that crap, which, but hopefully they fix that problem this time around. We'll see. But January 1st, the Cobra Viper and the Firefly, and then I think they're going to throw Zartan and um, somebody else in that wave. Oh, Maybe the Trooper? Maybe, but like anyway, but the the two target exclusives are the Viper and then Firefly. Right. Are the next so they, they will be released on January first of their street date. Which is I'm curious to see if we see any of those. Right. I I kinda quit caring. <laughs> like 
I love the figures. They're beautiful. They're awesome. But I'm just kind of bummed out about how they've been, how the target has handled that whole situation. Sure. And the scalpers and the nonsense. Supposedly they change it to where like all collectibles are as a, uh, a one per customer um, limit. Right. Yeah, but we'll see how that actually yeah. lasts or whatever. But who's willing to enforce he's it? He's got to hope for repaint. Which I mean, they're getting ready to do a batch of them, so I might see it with the other ones. Yeah, other than that, man, I'm trying to think. There's, there's like, I feel like there's one more figure that I saw that I thought you would think was rad, but I'm blanking on it. Anyway. Yeah. There's a bunch of exclusives, like the armor she's coming out, like the Mandalorian, the armorer. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's coming out. And I, got... I want to see a batch of the three and three quarter ones showed up in a couple of stores already. Yeah. They're, um,. What's uh? What's the main bad guy in Mandalorian? Oh, Moff. No, uh, Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Yeah, his three and three quarter figure. Which there's a couple others in the waves. There must have been other ones. The Dark Saber. Yes, that's cool. It's all right. It's a pretty cool figure. He's a terribly designed character. Right. I think he looks stupid, in my <laughs> opinion. But like the the Dark Saber's cool. So I think a lot of people buy him just for the Dark Saber. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. His armor's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to be Darth Vader. I, don't like I mean, that that's character. definitely true. He just needs a helmet. That's probably why he doesn't have a helmet. Right. That's probably the real reason. Oh, yeah. And the uh, one thing I don't... Did we... The one bit of news... Like, in that news, did you talk that Hayden Christensen is actually, like... Tiny bit, yeah. He's supposed to be reprising his role as Vader. Which I don't know how that... Is it just going to be a, bu- a bunch of him screaming? I'm, I assume flashbacks. flashbacks. And if they put him in the suit, like... uh what me and Dale were talking about on the other episode. I assume it's gonna, I assume it's going to be him in a helmet, so we don't have to worry about his acting. <laughs> How's that? I know, I know. I right. drag it out on me twice. <laughs> anyway, so social medias. I'm at Wendell twenty four W O N D L E twenty four at uh, on Instagram. That links to everything else. Um, you can also check out CBSMI's. YouTube show, which is called Action Figure Deconstruction on all social media platforms. We've already talked about that quite a bit. Um, you can check out CBS at... Uh, top of Comic CBS on Instagram. And then links to other things in that. And also um, links to all shows that we're a part of or help out with or just support. It's kind of our... Uh, we call it the Top 5 Comics... Um, Network, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. Top5comicspodcast.com. Yeah, yeah. There's links to all that stuff. Our buddies, Scovillionaires Hot Sauce Review Show. Our other podcast, Never Been Done Podcast. Um, I guess, so we always record these concurrently. Usually, like, we do Top5Comics Podcast on Wednesdays is when we usually record. And then Thursdays, we'll do our Never Been Done Podcast, which is like our movie... Uh, pop, like, movie-ish one. Sure. And, um... So tomorrow, if you guys want a little bit more in-depth um, conversation of all the insanity that Disney put out, we're going to do a full episode on that tomorrow, I guess. I mean, I uh, I mean, if you know what we're talking about and you want to hear more about it, check that out. Never been on podcast, but it won't be. It's definitely not um, rated PG. It's definitely rated R because we it, get, it gets a little rowdy. And then... Um, but um, CBS did a pretty in-depth, I would say, like pretty good coverage on what what is coming out at least from in last week's episode. But um, yeah, if you want to hear some some of that, well, there's been more news since then about it. And, like other things that have come out about different pieces of that release. So 
there's actually more to talk about, even though it was something that showed up last week. Right. There's been a whole lot of other weird things we've heard about things and have showed up in the grapevine. So, so there's, there's more, uh, you know, I can't imagine that there'll be, I'm sure probably next week there'll be a bunch of other stuff too. So tends to be how the system works. Right. Feed the machine. Is it? So have Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Yule, I think is what they call it, just Yule. Yeah, I don't know, I think so. Um, I don't know, anything you celebrate. Sure. If you celebrate a gigantic panda, cool cool for you <laughs> on that too. Especially since it comes down the chimney, it's awesome. Chinese New Year, <laughs> is that a thing? It is, surprisingly um, enough. Yeah, I mean anything if you support if you if you Boxing celebrate day? it. Come on, man. Boxing Day. Yeah. Which I know what Boxing Day is, do you? I mean it's British, so yeah. But you do know what it is though. Isn't it where they hit each other a lot? No. <laughs> it's Christmas. But we're gonna leave it at no it's not. They have Christmas. Oh, do they? Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. Okay. It's basically the day when they like re like the rich people re gift all their stuff they didn't like and give it to their pe- give it to the uh, peasants. To the, uh, their, their, the help. And then they're like, here, here, take a day off. So it's more of like a working class holiday. But all I know is that there's a bunch of soccer on Boxing Day, so I'm into it. I even thought it was like a fighting soccer holiday. Mm. It's kind of the same, isn't it? No. no. Sure. Okay. And I'm trying to like convert the entire world. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso yet, watch Ted Lasso. It's amazing. It really is pretty good. Yeah, I, I did like it. So. If you don't understand soccer, it's perfect for you, actually. Exactly. Hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Hilarious. And if you like soccer, it's perfect for you. You'll really like it. I mean, it's what you say. <laughs> it is really good, though. And it's uh, what's his name that created Scrubs? Oh gosh, I don't. Bill know. Bill Lawrence. Yeah. Created Scrubs, and it's like his new show. So if you like Scrubs, Zach at all. Braff actually directed one. I think I think only one, but maybe two episodes. That's cool. He like he, but he directed. No, I know episode number two he directed, but I think I think that was it. Maybe maybe two of them, but one for sure. But uh, well, it is good though. So if you get a chance to watch it, you should because it's good. Yeah, Mandalorian's bad to the bone. Cobra Kai comes out soon. Got a new trailer for that. Also awesome. Um, yeah. It's all like news at the end of the show. <laughs> That's all right, though. It's fine. Start watching your Christmas movies. I mean, if you're not already, you probably should have been. Yeah. yeah. Some Die Hard. Some Christmas le- Vacation. Some Lethal Weapon. Heck yeah. Just the one, though. Elf. Elf. It's very good. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Scrooged. There is a really cool remastered colored version of It's a Wonderful Life. And there's Tyler Gaming. It's like they color it just enough, like I that makes for me. It's it makes it look really neat. That's cool. You haven't seen that version? I think it's on a Amazon Prime and all those things. But nice, yeah. It's really, like it. However, they remaster and added color to it. It, it t- looks beautiful. That's cool. So, um, that's my mom's favorite Christmas movie. So, oh, yeah, nice. Every time they come out the new version or a new way of watching it, like. I bought her the VHS when I was super young, and then as th- time went on, I upgraded it, and sure. now it's just on all of her devices. Nice. About the Ru- Rudolph movie. I think it's just called Rudolph. I don't like Rudolph. It creeps me out. I like it. My mom loves it. It's a good one. Weird, weird movement. Yeah, creeps me out. Bomb of Snowman. It's got the dentist wants to be a doctor. 
Creeps me Hang out. Hang on. The elephant wants to be a dentist? Elephant wants to be a dentist. That's yeah. the one. Creeps me out. Yeah, that's understandable. But Charlie Brown Christmas. Heck yeah. You know, oh, man. Gremlins? Not yeah. not to get super off track, but I hadn't seen it for a super, super long time. Because Gremlins is brilliant. But the, was it Surviving Christmas one with oh, Ben yeah. Affleck? Yeah. And Gandolfini? It's pretty good. Like, huh? I watched it this last weekend. Yeah. And, like, I... I've seen it a bunch of times, but like I sat, and, I just sat and watched it, and like was drinking seltzers. Like Jocelyn was on a on a, a work call, and like doing some work and catching up, and I like laughed my butt off. Like the like it's so funny. Like it's one of the ones that just like it came back around. Like it, it was in my rotation, but like it was like, well, and they like it like uh, man, it is a. <laughs> It's amazing. It's pretty good, man. Where they think, like, at the end of it, like, the parents of his ex are, like, driving by with, like, his ex. And, like, he's kissing, like, what's your name? Um, and they're like, oh, oh, my gosh. The brother and sister are kissing. That was just, like, this ridiculousness. And, like, like the the hot rod, like, remember the front of the seat? Uh, and he's like, she's like, oh, yeah. And then, like, the, the young boy, like, losing his mind. And, like, some things can't be unseen. All the suicide stuff at the very beginning of it's crazy, too. Like it's it's just I mean yeah. it was but it's really funny like it's super good but anyhow Ron well on that note um I think we'll close out the song with Christmas Witch and Tiki come on man Christmas Witch why can't you do the one from Saturday Night Live because uh because we've done that one before no you didn't yeah oh I swear we've had like, like eight that. Christmas episodes counting like this one I don't like that Christmas Witch one <laughs> it's my favorite hey, we I got my we'll f- I'll find a better one for you nah. 12, well, the other, the, I think last year we used 12 Days of Christmas by, uh, oh gosh, uh, he played the Kingpin. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, I didn't like that one. No? Should, uh, you should do the Pomplamoose guys, you know, the Pomplamoose band that Connor me like? I know. They do, a, they do a mashup of the Charlie Brown Christmas, like a couple of them. It's a, it's a mashup. Right. It's really, really good. I yeah. know. Whichever maybe, one. Maybe you'll get both. Maybe you'll get both. People gotta love the Christmas Witch, bro. I don't like it. It's terrible. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, the key? Ho, ho, ho. Nah, it's close enough. 